Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got Camille G. G. Rinkov, and we are talking about something that like when I heard her story and I started to really hear, hear her story because we were meeting for other reasons and she started sharing her, her background and I went, you know what? That has to come on the show. So Camille, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are very, very welcome. Could you kind of tell my audience what, who you are, what you're about, and then we'll kind of uh, take it from there? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Camilla Jean. I host the Mompreneur Experience podcast, and over at CamillaJean.com, I offer courses, workshops, and individual coaching, um, and working on lining up a membership site for moms and entrepreneurs. So for mompreneurs who are really trying to thrive in life and find the right counterbalance to being a mom, fulfilling their dreams and blessing their families and their communities. Did you grow up as a Christian when you were, when you were younger? Did, was your home more of a Christian home? Can you kind of walk us through some of your past? So I grew up in a home. We were Catholic and that was my mom's faith. Mm -hmm. Um, but my dad, um, I think, had a deep faith, and we all knew that he had faith, but for him translating it into the church and stuff like that was a little bit hard, just because I think he was never really comfortable with it, and I think his mom moved from different churches to different churches, mm -hmm. and he had some early life challenges that really challenged his faith, and I think it became something that he internalized more. and. Once he settled later in life, I think it was really something that he felt was inside of him and that he held a little bit closer. And when you knew him well, you knew about it, but it wasn't something I think because of some of his life challenges that he'd been through, it was hard for him to share. Mm -hmm. so, um, so we grew up, we were, we were not like the every week super involved. We probably were more of the holiday goers and stuff like that. And I was probably the one that always had a little bit more questions, was kind of curious about the whole thing and stuff like that. So that's definitely evolved quite a bit. And I know now my husband and I are regular goers. We love being involved in our church community. I've been really involved in MOPS, which is mother of mothers of preschoolers, mm -hmm. which is a Christian organization we used to live in Colorado. We now live in Iowa. That's, that organization is actually based in Colorado. So that was pretty neat. And I had a really strong group there. And getting me through the early stages of motherhood really had a lot to do with that group and our church and that faith and that community of support was mm -hmm. so valuable. So you didn't grow up with a very strong faith yourself, but you had a lot of questions. What were some of the questions that you carried? I love history and I love stories. So I think I always, you know, I would always hear verses and have like stories like, oh, but fill in the gap and what happened to that person and where did they go and why that and why was that the choice? So like, I always have like questions like that. And since I didn't grow up in a family that went regular, 
that was always hard. And I felt like it was hard to find a place to ask that. So it feels Mm. pretty good now to be going more regularly, getting my scriptures more often, actually reading and studying with the kids, especially having kids. It's really fun because they go to Bible school every Sunday And then we get to have these conversations and I kind of feel like I get some of my gaps filled in as they're learning too. And that's pretty exciting to watch it through the eyes of a kid. And it's fun when they come to me and they're explaining, this is what I learned today. And this is, you know, what it means. And this is how I apply it to my life, which is something we talk about. I have a book and we read a scripture every morning and it's, it's designed for kids. So it kind of, you know, you read the scripture, but then it kind of gives it like an example of life. And I like to ask them like, you know, what does that mean to you? What could that possibly mean to you today? Like what could happen today? Or what if this happened today? Would this be applicable to you? So I try to like really bring it to a practical level because I feel like for me, that would have really been helpful as a kid. Mm -hmm. And helped be a guide because, you know, as you're growing up and you get into those awkward teenage years, like things get hard, like it's hard. And to have some guideposts and something to fall back on when things are hard and you're having questions, that's, you know, that's nice. That's great. And I want to try to provide that for my kids. Like I'm not always going to be there. I want to give them the tools to be able to think through this Mm -hmm. from that faith standpoint. And with that being their guidepost and their foundation. Interesting. Very interesting. So, I, and I think that that really speaks into uh, something that the church has needs to wrestle with in general, which is, you know, we're losing this generation because we're not meeting them and equipping them and answering their questions. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's hard to know how to do it right. You know, each generation is new and it has its own struggles, this might be a little bit of a side, but as we're recording this, so my husband and I lived in Colorado. We moved, I'm from Colorado originally, mm-hmm. spent the last 16 years in Highlands Ranch, mm-hmm. an amazing church. They're great friends. And now we live in Iowa. I spent all morning reaching out to my friends because there was the shooting at the STEM school there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know kids that were there, like I know their mothers and I know mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, that feeling that they're having this morning. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there's lots of schools in that area and stuff like that. So when mother had shared about how hard it was to take her kids to school this morning, mm-hmm. that's not how it should be. And that's hard. But what I think about is, and to pull it back to our topic is our kids need tools and resources to grapple with these things. We cannot grapple with these things for them. We have to grapple with them for ourselves and we can help them. We can be there for them, but your faith can be the strongest tool to help guide you through these painful things. And just so, uh, to give the audience, uh, some context, we, as of this recording, we are one day removed from the shooting at the STEM school in Colorado. Um, and I actually have, uh, some friends as well, uh, whose kid, um, kids were actually at the school. Thank God they're safe. Not all kids got so lucky. And so you really, the, we are growing up in a society where it shouldn't be the case, but school shootings are becoming the norm, or at least that's what they want you to believe. And so it's a situation of we have to really grapple with this stuff and go, how do I respond to that in a from a biblical framework? How do I wrestle with something that is so evil and so horrible 
but it's being done. And so how do we actually wrestle with that? You know, I agree. That's kind of a side topic, but I think it's one that we have to kind of deal with. Um, yeah. So let's let's do this. Let, why don't we step back? Because your your uh, past experience, your growing up experience, uh, now that we kind of have an idea of who you are and who your dad is, tell us a little bit about your journey dealing with loss and dealing with uh, dealing with change. I early on, one of the things I think that's blessed me and it's put me where I am in terms of my business knowledge and experience and something I'm super grateful for. I mean, it started as a little kid in my home, Mm -hmm. my family on both sides for three generations back, as far as I can go back is full of entrepreneurs from, we have the picture of the Brazier brothers wagon, which is my maiden name, pulling the ice and delivering ice. Um, You know, then my dad's dad had a construction business. My mom's family had a really large sheep branch in Colorado. So really like we go back in this entrepreneurial thing. And one thing that was pretty unique and kind of cool about my family is they really shared the stories of the ups and the downs at the dinner table. And we talked about my grandfather losing most of that ranch land during the depression and how... They were able to build back, but not all the way and the mistakes that were made and the resiliency that had to happen in the family. And then on my dad's side, his dad had built a construction company, a road construction company. My dad worked in that business. He had several sisters. Um, One of them became very ill, the youngest, and after a very long struggle, died of leukemia. And around that same time, my dad lost his dad in a plane crash. He was, his dad was the pilot of the plane Mm -hmm. and it was unexpected. And my dad had to really step up and continue to provide for the family. And it was really devastating. They ended up losing the business. He could not keep it going. He went into sales. He did sales for a long time in the same industry on equipment. So it was very devastating, changed the trajectory of his family financially. And he had to go and do something. And he loved that business, like really loved it. Mm-hmm. And he had to go and do something. And But in doing that, he built incredible sales skills mm. and Really, really grew. It actually, my mom and him had dated throughout school and they didn't, they were not together for a long time as he was going through this struggle and kind of rebuilding himself, finding his identity again. And they came back together, thank goodness. And um, then they built, they started a construction business again and they built this business from the ground up. She was a dental hygienist by trade. And so they were basically living off of her income with their young kids and they were going all in on like, we're going to build this again. So my dad ended up being one of, he actually built asphalt plants and he designed them to be mobile so he could go serve more rural areas that didn't have access to actually getting the materials. And it was really hard for them to stretch their dollars to take care of these secondary roads. So he found a great niche. He found people he wanted to serve that he wanted to help. And he built this really great business. He was actually one of the early implementers of recycling asphalt. So pulling it up off the ground, recrushing it, adding, you know, the oils back into it so that it could be used again, which saved money. It saved resources. It was great for these rural areas 
that it was really hard to get the materials and it was super expensive to be trucking all of the new aggregate and everything to these areas. So really a cool business. Um, I got to work in this business early on. Um, I got to experience the years things were super, super tough and the years that they were better. As time went on, all of us were had opportunities to work in the business. I was finishing up college and my dad died in a plane crash. He was piloting that plane. And I was the same age that my dad was when his dad passed. My brother had gotten married like literally less than a week before. It was January 2nd of 2000. So we had the whole millennial thing going or the millennium thing going on. It was all hands on deck, like all hands on deck. We had just stepped into a huge venture in El Paso, Texas. We had lots of money on the line. It was one of the biggest risks my parents, actually, it was literally the biggest risk my parents had ever taken. The business had more than doubled in size to be able to do this. And it was all hands on deck. I mean, that summer, I ran the screed on the laydown machine. I did traffic control. I got certified in traffic control. I didn't know if I was going to go back to school. Um, I did manage to finish school, but you know, in the evenings I was working on estimates and product development strategies and stuff like that, as well as being down there and actually working on the weekends. So I got to get involved. I'd always had exposure to the business, but I mean, I was in the trenches on all levels. And my whole family was at that point, just to kind of keep it alive. Knowing that your dad died piloting a plane. And on top of that, you've got the stress of one of the biggest deals your business has ever uh, conducted. How did you navigate that emotionally? I would say probably my oldest brother really had to take a lot of time to himself, but he also ended up tasked with kind of managing the business that was still in the area closer to where we lived. My other brother had had less interest in the business and him and his wife had another business as well, but he jumped in and kind of just filled in wherever he could. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom obviously was really struggling. Um, I would say before this happened, I was watching my parents go through this really amazing stage of like their kids are out of the house and they were thriving in the empty nester stage. Like they were more in love than they had ever been. They were contemplating moving down to El Paso or at least having a second home there so they could really focus on this business and some of the things that they wanted to do because they had done and sacrificed so much for us kids growing up. And it was really wonderful to be watching that. So it was really devastating for my mom. And I was really, really concerned about how she was going to do. She lost a frightening amount of weight really, really struggled. So it was good that we were all hands on deck. I actually, um, I think that some of my grieving was a little bit more delayed and that was just a little bit of, we all have different roles and strengths. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was the person that, so it took five days to find the plane crash. We didn't know what, where he was, what happened. It was a whole search in Southwest Colorado for him. It was in the middle of the winter. It was January. It was and it was stormy and that's what had happened is he had gotten caught in a storm. Um, so I actually, I think my grief was largely delayed and I was kind of, you know, I did a lot of the things that had to be done at that moment. There was, um, that spring I had to go out to the crash site to do some more recovery. Um, so I took care of that. Somebody had to go see the body afterward. Like there were things that had to be done and they just had to be done. And that was kind of a role that I fell into But my family all came together and we were just so lucky to have each other 
and that we did and we were able to pull together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. And I think it was also an interesting time from a faith perspective. I think my faith grew incredibly during that time because I just needed something to keep me strong. And yeah. I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't have a strong church. I didn't have any of that at the time. But I think that's where my my faith really really deepened in me and took hold and got really grounded. Um, I think my mom struggled for a lot more years after that, before she kind of came to that and that came to her, but she really, really struggled. And it was hard to not feel equipped to help her through that. Mm. So, you know, looking back though, my mom now has ran that business successfully longer than my dad was there in that business. And phenomenal. And I think that watching her do that, watching her go through that terrible low and just fight her way back out of it. I mean, literally in the trenches, it was inspiring. And I got to watch my mom do that. And I think that is a small piece of why moms are a group that I'm really inspired by. And I want to serve now is -hmm. because it's hard and it's hard when your kids are little, it's hard when they're grown like you have some other things in life that you're called to and you have these other responsibilities that are kind of hard to understand unless you're a mom. I think that's part of why I feel really called to this this place now. Interesting. So you would say that this tragedy, rather than driving you away from God and driving you away from all that, this tragedy was kind of your spurring moment to drive you closer to him. For sure. I think I felt a need like... Like I said, I, there were things that just had to be done and somebody had to do them early on. Mm-hmm. And everybody, it's not like everybody in my family did their pieces. Looking back, I don't think there's anybody in my family that would not say that, yeah, like Camilla really took on some, some stuff she shouldn't have had to do or that nobody else was able to do at that time. But I think I didn't necessarily have a church. I didn't have a community, but I definitely, at that moment, if you would have asked me, do you believe? Do you have faith? Unequivocally, I would have said yes. And I think I may before that may have been like, yeah, I think so. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly where I fit in, but I knew at that time that I didn't have to have that church or that place, but I knew that I would believe. And I knew that I would start seeking that as my life settled back in and that that would be part of it forever. Was there ever a time when, um, like a moment in time, that you would say that you really heard the voice of God or you really felt him speaking to you uh, in this, in, in this period of time? I had lots of those moments, not lots, but several, I mean, which, you know, sometimes we go through life and some people say they, they get none. So mm-hmm. I think I was blessed. And I think, I think every time I look back and I, about the time that I was doing something that the people around were going, Ugh, somebody needs to take care of that but none of us can. And like, I had to find a deeper level and I had to dig deep. I would say there was at least three times where like, I felt like that, here you go. Here's what you need to do it. Here's the strength to go do it. In light of everything that you've been through, how would you describe your faith going forward? (sighs) I would say it's simply consistent in a way. Like, Having gone through that and having felt like that was what got me through. Mm-hmm. And when I asked for it, it was there. I have a very calm, like resolution of like, it's there. Like I know it's there. Mm-hmm. And if I call in it and I 
maybe don't get exactly what I ask for, then I don't need it. Because when I've really needed it and I've needed more than what I had and I needed somebody else and I needed something else, it was there. Like, I feel like that I've tested that Mm -hmm. and I've experienced it and I know it. So for me, it's this very calm sense of solidity Mm. and just that rock fact. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's kind of what came out of that is it's just, it's a very calm. That is one thing that I don't worry about. And I don't question, like, I just know, and I know wherever I am and go, wherever I go in life and it will not always be easy. I will have more hard times. Like I just know what's going to be there. And I know whatever I need at the time I'm going to get. And if I don't get it, it's because I don't need it. And what would you say to someone who might be kind of in the place that you were, maybe they've had just their feet yanked out from underneath them uh, and maybe they are just in that place of crap is just hitting the fan. What would you say to them? Well, ironically enough, um, about three years ago when um, we were making the move from Colorado, we were having to step away from a business that my husband had dreamed about since he was about five years old. And he'd had the opportunity to come work for a company and purchase it, start the process of purchasing it from the owner. Mm-hmm. And he had built that company, I mean, leaps and bounds beyond what anybody ever thought it could be. And he loved it and he was incredibly passionate about it. And we went all in that this was going to be our future. And stuff evolved with our business partner, as a matter of fact, in ways where it became faith issues. It really had us questioning or it was trying to question our faith to the point where we said, no, we know what's right. And this is no longer healthy and is no longer where we need to be. And we had to walk away from that. And it turned up being a long process, but, and very painful. Um, This person that we'd put all this trust in completely pulled the rug out from underneath both of us, but especially my husband. Mm -hmm. And that relationship was based on faith. And, um, we were told that relationship was based in Christianity. And, um, when you look back at it, it was not, um, so it was incredibly painful and to watch my husband lose this dream and not just lose it. He had to make the conscious decision to walk away from it. And during that time, he also lost his father. So I think having gone through that experience and sat with him, And just reassuring him to have faith that these, like, no matter, like, how painful this is. And it helped that he knew what I had been through. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was helpful for him knowing who it was coming from. Mm -hmm. That this was going to take us where we are meant to be. And we can get through this. And you're not alone. And not only am I here beside you, but something much bigger than that is with you. And, and so I think being able to share that and having him know where it came from, I hope was helpful. I think it was helpful. He says it was helpful. I hope, and I really think it was, um, in helping him be able to make a decision that you just didn't want to make. And it was painful. Uh, I, you know, I've walked through something similar in the sense of, um, losing my mother and my sight in the same week. Um, And, uh, you know, for me, 
it would, it, you know, it kind of had the opposite effect of where I, I completely walked away from God for five years, but then circumstances came around and he brought me back. But, you know, in hearing your story, what I'm hearing is develop that anchor, develop that rock. Jesus says, I am the rock. And if you build your house on the rock, you know, even the storms, you know, they're going to come, but you're not going to fall. Yeah. So to me, that's that's really the thing that st- stands out in this particular uh, story. So um, do wow. you have any other thoughts? that you would like to leave with our listeners as we kind of think through things and kind of wrap things up? Faith requires patience and trust. And I think being an entrepreneur, being a mom, like, you know, those audiences I speak to, and I think everybody needs those patience and that trust in that solid relationship. But I think especially that, and that's why I love what I do and who I serve is because it's, it's really acute there. Like you really, you have to, have patience and not just patience with others, but patience with yourself and patience with your relationship and your faith and knowing and being calm and steady in that it will take you where you need to be. Um, And applying that, you know, it's applicable to your business. It's applicable to life, to being a parent, to being a spouse, to all those things. It's applicable. And so those are the big things, having patience and applying that to your faith. Amen. Well, I just want to encourage uh, the listeners before we leave. um, If you're hearing this and maybe you're going through a rough time, the Bible is clear. You know, Jesus says he is closer than a brother. Um, If you are not a follower of Christ and you're hearing this and maybe you're going, man, I need that, that rock. I need that guidepost. Uh, The Bible says that if you call on him and you ask him to come into your life, and you know you repent of your sin, and you and you just reach out to him, that he will meet you. I mean, the Bible is exceptionally clear on this. So uh, the Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, that you will be saved. And you know, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and He rose from the dead, and that He's coming back again, and you know you confess that with your mouth, you you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. So. I just wanted to leave that with the listeners before we sign off, because there may be a lot of people here who are going through some rough times, but maybe you have a lot of questions. Maybe, I mean, maybe things have just really hit the fan, but there are answers and all you have to do is just seek them. So, well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was, it was really a great experience. Well, we were glad to have you. I'm Teresa Blaze. This has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.